Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, join Josh and Kaylee as they unravel the charismatic allure of Zaragoza and embark on a riveting analysis comparing the top cities of Spain and Portugal as potential expat paradises. Tune in for an episode teeming with vibrant experiences, rich cultural insights, and the duo's unfiltered thoughts on the most picturesque locales in the Iberian Peninsula. Stick around. Hey, expats and travelers alike, welcome back to our road trip podcast. Yep, literally on the road right now. So we just wrapped up our time in Zaragoza or Zaragoza. <laughs> I'm going to go with Zaragoza. I'm Zaragoza. not going to be like okay. all Zaragoza. Okay. Okay. Not bad. And we are headed to Yeida. Yeida. It kind of reminds me of Alieda. Algeida. Yeah, the way that it said, but it's uh, yeah, which is which is a Portuguese uh, treat. Yeah, one of my fave dishes in, in Portugal. It's a type actually, of sausage. But it's it's the Spanish double L, so yeida. Why you have to pronounce every letter in Spanish? Yeida. Yeah, I don't know where the emphasis the would letters. be, but yeida. I think it, I think there's an accent over the I. Oh, is there? Okay, I, I could be wrong. Okay, so we are are on the road, and we're gonna compare. Zaragoza, Zaragoza, <laughs> to uh, some some places that we've been in Portugal. See what comparisons can be made, and um, let you know if it's a city worth visiting while you're living in Portugal. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right, first impressions of Zaragoza. At first, I wasn't super impressed. Um, I I kept getting lots of whiffs of pee, the pee <laughs> smell, and it might have just been the initial district we were in. Yeah, I think it was central. Um, cause yeah, that, that was just like my first impression. Okay. And then of course it changed as we explored, 
but first impression I was like not feeling it like that's really what I thought first first half hour walking around just not feeling it yeah this episode is brought to you by the letter P <laughs> um, yeah so I, I agree with you and it, it's not the way I remember it because we first traveled to Thetagotha 13 years ago maybe and uh, we weren't there very long but it was at a different point kind of in our lives where we were museum goers we didn't have uh i mean we still love going to museums but we didn't have we a didn't kid have a three-year-old yeah it's really <laughs> now it's a lot more playgrounds than museums yeah it's really tricky but the good thing is, is we had already been to the, the major museums and inside the basilica or cathedral and we had done all that stuff so this time it was much more about getting to know the city and um and and walking around it, getting to know the different districts of it. We did stay mainly in the, the downtown city center area, which there are several districts down there. And each district definitely has a different feel. Yeah? Yeah, I would agree with that. A lot of tourists in the the old city. Um, however, I think it's the, the Casco, right? Yeah, El Casco that's the district in, that it's the, called. The yeah. name. However, it's not as touristic as other places in Spain you can go. Yeah, that's true. There were tourists for sure, but it wasn't like just overrun. And I think that's what caught me by surprise because in that area, I didn't find that the cost of like restaurants and bars were priced specifically for tourists. Yeah. I mean, maybe locals live there because it is older. It wasn't as far as like a, a downtown, like an uh, like old city. It wasn't super charming down there. I thought. What did you think about about it? I would agree with that. I think after getting to know the city better, realizing that there are like six hundred thousand people uh, in big kind city. of the greater big city, city area. Yeah. It is a big city. It is, let's say comparable size wise and maybe scope wise to Lisbon it does not get near as much like international acts or or press even certainly tourism so while it's big there's really nothing unique about it apart from the the old ruins yes now that is something that is unique is they they have preserved a lot of the ruins and the older architecture um, so that is nice to see. So people who like museums and some of the, the, the museum older, of life <laughs> and the older ruins, uh, they do have a lot of that, which is nice. Well, so what do you think then about comparing the, the ruins there that are in Zaragoza to what we've seen in Portugal? You mean like ruins maybe in Evra? Okay. It's a good comparison. Um, yeah, I think it looks that different than Evra. It, it does look, it does look different. And I would say that um, in Evra, it's a bit more concentrated. Yeah. Uh, I think that the ruins in Zaragoza are a bit more spread out. I mean, still in the old city, but like a little more spread out compared to, I thought that they were a little more concentrated in Evra, don't you think? Yeah, it's a great shout. That is a great shout uh, just about kind of the culture, right? The, the historic value, <clears throat> excuse me, the historic value of the city. Now, I do think going back to the Lisbon comparison, the the way the streets are laid out in certain districts is much more like you'll find in Lisbon. You have maybe like smaller, more narrow streets that are pedestrian only, which might be more like uh, Chiado or Bajo Alto. But then 
you also have wider streets the way that maybe you'll find in Saldana or uh, was it Avenida Snovash, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it, it is not Lisbon. Though. It's not Lisbon, but I see what you're saying in that respect. But then I would say, as far as the maybe grittiness or the darkness, as far as like gray um, architecture rather than white. I think Lisbon's more white, but Porto's a bit more gray, probably because yeah. it's up in the north with the rain and everything. Different, I, different materials used. Right, as different well. materials. I think that um, the look of that looked more like Porto than Lisbon. So kind of like the size and grandness of Liz of Lisbon, and then the um, color of Porto. Does that make sense? It does. I just don't know if I agree with that. Oh, that, really? That sentiment. Yeah. yeah. I think that they felt like a lot more gray. Now, what was different is they also used a lot of brick in Zaragoza. Yes. Brick uh, in their buildings, which was really cool. And different different shades, I guess, and different um, ways that they... Configured it. Yeah. So, so yeah. there was a lot of texture. Like where normally you would have uh, like brick and mortar, um, where the mortar comes out and it's almost flush with the brick. This... This would go pretty deep, so quite a lot of the brick was exposed, and it would give the facade this texture, texturized look. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen anything like that in Portugal. No. With the way the brick's done. Not me. So that Not was me. cool. But I just think that it's like big like Lisbon, uh, like you're saying, with the different districts, but the color is a bit more like Porto with some of like the graffiti, the grayness of the materials. Um, used. That's kind of how I felt. Okay. It's like a mix of the two, in my opinion. Okay. You disagree, though? Yeah, I disagree. Um, <laughs> Zaragoza does have buses, and it has uh, a tram or a, a, a metro. Yeah, an above-ground yeah. tram or metro, you call it, I guess, yeah. either way. But the buses were cool because they were, some of them were like hybrids, but some of them yeah. were electric. Yeah. So they that looked, was really nice. They looked yeah. like they were from the future. Yeah, and you couldn't even hear them. There, was all, there were also robots that were delivering things. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like they were testing it out, but interesting nonetheless. We got a beep we're on the car on saying that we're... Next gas station, we got to stop. That's it. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe, so that includes documents, <laughs> Amazon purchases, Amazon from the purchases, US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail! I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is 
that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash, essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep. Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. So I think from a tourist perspective, um, what, how do you feel about Zaragoza? Zaragoza? <laughs> I, I would say for me, it's not... It's not necessary if you haven't seen some of the other uh, cities in Spain. Okay. I think I, I would agree with that. That makes sense. It's cool to see. There are, are a lot of museums and the basilica is really pretty. But it shouldn't take priority over other cities. Maybe even like Bilbao, right? I think like like even not I mean, we're not talking about other cities like Madrid and Barcelona and like so if you've never been to some of those bigger cities that yeah those are worth going to first but if you're going to start going to some of the quote unquote smaller cities yeah. of Spain lesser known. yeah lesser, lesser known, known then um, there are others that are better like Bilbao or Valencia we do like Valencia well let's well of course we like Valencia <laughs> let me ask you this then what then are your top cities to travel to to visit in Spain? Like top, like secondary cities? No, like no, no. Take just, out Madrid no, 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 and Barcelona? No, no, no. Top cities. Well, Madrid, I mean, Barcelona. We really love Madrid, you know, when we lived there, but mm. I would say it's not the necessarily the best place to go for tourism. Oh, come on there's, now. There's stuff to see, but... Come I mean, on. Okay, there is stuff to no, see, but I, mean, I think if, that if, Barcelona probably is more exciting for people. No, if we're comparing... Barcelona and Madrid, okay. But if you're saying that Madrid's not worth visiting as a tourist, come on. No, I'm not I'm not going that harsh. I'm just saying maybe Barcelona's set up a little better for Yeah, but it. I'm not saying trying to compare Madrid and Barcelona. I'm asking you to say which which cities in Spain are worth visiting. Like which ones are in your top 10, let's say, because there are a lot of cities. There are a lot of um, cities. And I, I would say it's much easier to do this than it would be what are your top 10 cities in, in Portugal? Portugal. Yeah. Because I would, I would imagine most people that don't know Portugal well, unlike you, listener, they wouldn't even be able to name 10 cities in Portugal. I, I mean, funny enough, when I say Porto, some people don't even know it's in P Portugal. I yeah. know. When Josh tells us or tells others that uh, we live in Porto, <laughs> it's very confusing. I'm like, you should just say Portugal. That's much easier. So... Give me your cities. Let's see. Well, okay. I mean, I do like Madrid. Um, Galicia, that area is really nice up there. I don't know what city I would recommend um, in that region. but Santiago uh, de Compostela. Yeah. The octopus is good up there. Um, yeah. The Popo Gallego. Yes. Um, well, San Sebastian is really pretty with the water. 
Can I hold it? Can he, she have it? She's she's holding it, babe. Oh, you have it, baby. Sia, you're holding it. Yeah. You want me to hold it. Okay. Sorry about that. Jeez, huh. I don't know. Top 10 cities. Well, I, well we did, obviously Valencia would be in there. Okay. It depends on what size you're going for. You really put me on the spot here, though, with <laughs> with the cities. I don't know. There's a I lot know, of I good ones. To. I mean, top 10 is a lot, though. Top 10 is a lot. But there's, there's a lot. I, here, let me help you. Madrid, Barcelona, not in this order. Bilbao, huh? Valencia. I've named Sevilla. all those, though. <laughs> Hold on. Sevilla. Okay. Um, Granada. Granada. Good one. I think it's a, a great one. Yeah. But up in the north, then, where in Asturias? Hold on, uh, where in Asturias? Yeah. Well, how about was it Oviedo, right? Oviedo's it's Asturias. Up there, yeah. Yeah, that's worth it. I think more from a culinary perspective. And then um, you have the islands too. Santiago, de Compostela. Um. So you're saying like Palma de Mallorca? Yeah. Okay, Palma de Mallorca and. Canary Islands. Canary Islands. Very different, though, obviously, than, you know, same thing like with mainland Portugal. You've got a very different feel in Madeira and, and the Azores, but gonna, still worth visiting. I'm going to throw Toledo in there. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's a that's Malaga. A real... I think I'd put Malaga in there. Would you? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Uh-huh. Malaga's nice. I think Toledo is a good one because of Americans being all into castles because we don't have that in the U.S., yeah, that's really? true. So that's that to me is a, a good reason to go there. Are you going to add Legroño because of the pinchos? That was pretty compelling to go there just for that, just you for know, the food. <laughs> you know, it, it is, I think, not in the top ten, but it is worth a visit after you've been to some of the other places. Right. But but to be fair, like if you go to Bilbao and you're going to be there, you're, you have a week, let's say, to, to be in Bilbao. You might as well spend a few days in Bilbao and then pop over to Lagrono. Yeah? Yes. So, I think in that regard, it's uh-huh. worth it. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm feeling. You? Yeah. I mean, that's... Did we, did we name 10? We might have named more than 10, I guess. But, yes, those are all good places. But then, okay, so then if we flip it and we say, where are you going to do the top 10 in Portugal? Okay. <laughs> um, so, Lisbon. Of course. Porto. Of course, yes. Coimbra. Uh-huh. Braga. Braga. Yeah. Uh, Evora, although I, I'm not a, a massive fan of Evora. But you still think you should go there? It's I worth think, a visit? I think it's worth a visit. Stubal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like Stubal, but um, I don't know if Stubal is one of those that will will automatically capture the imagination of the tourist. It's, I mean, it's probably, for tourism purposes, it's probably worth 24 to 48 hours. And Qashqai, what about Qashqai? Now, Qashqai is a different type of tourism, and I would put it on the list. But it's it's more kind of like resorty, poshy, you know. Yeah. So for those reasons, I think it's it's worth it, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I think it should be on the list because um, it is unique. Yeah. Okay. So we haven't said Aveiro, but that's yeah, got to be that on the list. Yeah, that is a good one. For what? me, Viana do Castelo. Okay. What about? But we haven't said is, anything in Algarve either. But the problem is with Viana do Castelo. Now you're you're talking about like a, a very, a very low key 
bit of tourism. Vienna du Castelo would be a place that you would visit if you live in Portugal, not if you're just traveling in Portugal. Yeah? Like yeah, if, if you have two true. weeks to see Portugal as a, as a tourist. Uh, that would be a hard one. That would be living. Because then also, too, you could always pop into Spain. Like when, when you're living in Portugal, you can go up to Viano Cachello and then you can pop over into Spain up there yeah, as well. Vigo or Campo. Yeah, yeah, that's an easy one. Something so maybe happened. when you're living there. But, yeah. okay, so down in Algarve, I mean, mm-hmm. if you want a good nightlife, you got Abufera. Yep. Yeah, okay, so getting into Algarve, so you have uh, you have Lagos, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Abufera, and Porto Mal. Mal. Mm-hmm. Um, those would be the major ones. Like, most people arrive into Fado, and then they, they get out. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people like Fado, though. Yeah, I, I just think even Fado's, like, tourist district, it's worth... Two days. 24 hours to 48 oh, hours. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Lule is nice. Lule is nice. But Lule, and I agree with you, Lule very much is like Viano de Castello. Yeah. Where if you're living in Portugal, yeah, go visit Lule or consider living in Lule. Mm-hmm. But if you have two weeks to hang out in Portugal or visit Portugal uh, and you're not on a scouting trip, you don't need to go to Lule. That's true. Not really. Yeah. But even, I mean, I guess two weeks is a bit hard to hit the whole country anyway. No, of course. Yeah. Of course. But, I mean, if we're saying, like, in we're trying Portugal. to hit the highlights, we're, we're, we're spending between two and four days in each place. Right. You know, that's kind of what we're looking at. Okay. You know? All right. Should we bring it back to Zaragoza? Yeah, back to Zaragoza. So it's an interesting one. It's a big city. Um, I mean, better districts than others, I suppose. Old town with some of the ruins, which are cool to see. Museums churches um and we will be doing a city breakdown because it is so big so we'll have that on expats everywhere explorers for you guys to see what we're talking about all right well i think since we've talked a lot about tourism let's just talk about living in there and and jump to it would you expat that this is a tough one because at first the first day i was like i don't think so but then after getting to know some of the other districts i mean i did like there was the one district that was a bit more posh. I was like, I could live here, (laughs) you know, a a bit nicer, bigger streets, um, nicer, you know, shops and restaurants and and places to live. So I would say, yes, I could expat Zaragoza. I don't know if I would want to necessarily. It wouldn't be like on top of my list in Spain, but I, I, I could expat that. You? Yeah. Um, I could expat that. I think the, the heat is something that is not great about it because it does get super hot in uh, the summers, True. Uh, like over 100 degrees. But the hidden thing that we didn't talk about is the cost of living seems to be very low there. Um, prices that were comparable to kind of pre-pandemic Portugal in the sense that you're getting to live in a major city for, I don't know, between let's say 500 and 800 euros uh, of rent. Um, it's not going to be like luxury living, but you're going to get a, a, a decent apartment, uh, I think, for under 800 You can buy stuff for really reasonable prices as well. And, you know, you're, you're considering that it's the fifth largest city, most populous city in the country. So I think in that regard, it's good. Yeah, it's a good point. Now, it does lack in other areas like... 
connectivity act, maybe actually how nice is it that type of thing yeah. like what i meant is if you're living in a city the size of lisbon and you're getting what lisbon has to offer in terms of that capital city vibe which a lot of people like and the amenities and the culture and the amenities it's awesome but Zaragoza doesn't have that it it, it it doesn't have that in the way that lisbon does so you're just living in a big city so that that would be the thing that kind of takes away from it but it is a very livable city there yeah. are areas of it that are are nice and i think um let's call it posh and affordable los sitios is is the district that i'm thinking of um if i could find a good place to rent there i think that would be an, a nice spot so i i, I could expat that all right i would ex, i would ex, i would i could yeah that's the tough thing maybe it'd be better to say i could rather than i would okay you same. Same. Same, yeah. Could, maybe not would. Right. I'm not leaving Portugal anytime soon. <laughs> for for Zaragoza. Zaragoza. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Agreed. So we are on to Yaida. Yeah. And that's going to be the next episode. If you missed the last episode, you need to go back and check out. We started out in Bilbao, then to Logroño, then Pamplona, and now today in Zaragoza. So check out this series. It's our, our road trip series. Join us summer. on the road. Join us on the road. Now, let's get moving. Bye. Bye. So, listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 